This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Brass with Longleaf Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Dude, you're gonna freaking die off those bangs, man. You I'm gotta, not. I'm not. You back it I'm off. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you talk to me when you're 40. You're like, well, I have heart problems. I'd be like, I told you. <laughs> All right, that one's actually you. this one's pretty good. Is it good? Oh, that was the first taste of the new flavor. I've never. I'm not much of a blueberry guy, but it is a nice, nice combination of the nectarine with the blueberry. Neither one is too overpowering. <laughs> wow, you sound you sound like like a, a wine taster, you know. <laughs> like whenever they take a sip and they're describing it, that's what you are. Your nectarine really comes in on the finish. It's just gonna bang you in the heart one day, dude. <clears throat> dude, I'll it's not. It. It's it's got vitamins in it. Right? Yeah. yeah, vitamins makes me strong. Oh, it's good amino for me. Acids. Meanwhile, your heart's like like. It's got like, EAA yeah. aminos. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm assuming it, it heals my DNA, like Spider Man. <laughs> it's got Ultra CoQ10, which is actually good for your heart. It's, it's worked, literally called. That was like a coke. I worked at Walgreens the, long the enough coke, to know the word coke that CoQ10 was in that. is good for <laughs> I don't, you. I don't accept that. that zero calories. That. Zero sugar. I can't read everything, but you're not supposed to have it if you're over under 18. It causes nervousness, irritability, sleeplessness, and occasionally rapid heartbeat. Occasionally? Not, oh, not rapid occasionally. enough. <laughs> Dude, I drank half Dude, of I, one of those things, and I thought I was going to throw up. I got I, I down these things at work because like, I'm constantly on my feet, constantly moving, constantly doing stuff. And so like, I got to have that super creatine and the amino acids and Boy, the when I got in, no, 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 don't don't fool everybody in here when i came up in there to get my shirts you was sitting back for 30 minutes talking to some lady about <laughs> what her shirts were gonna be exactly I know, I know you sitting back for for long long time come on man don't play <laughs> some days today i sat there and worked on some art for somebody for like yes yeah, so an hour and a half so you just then, said you're on your feet all day. Then I spent the rest of Come the day on. cranking out orders, trying to get stuff done. Breaking on style. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did 71 inspections today out in the sun. So I don't don't really want to don't really want to don't really want to. Today you, was hot. First day. of all, you chose yeah, it was. you chose that job. It was. <laughs> I am only in this job for the pay. I can tell you that right now. I freaking love my job, dude. Like I've been enjoying this shit so much. That's good. Yeah, that's great. No, you should like your job. Wake up so amped and ready to go make some effing shirts. <laughs> if I if I get this promotion, I'll like my job a lot more. I promise you that. Not because it'll change, because I will be getting a good raise. So that's that's about. It. I'll like it a lot more when that happens. So. But regardless, since Jake's just starting this off with such random, I did this. Things, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, going to start this talking is about what the ingredients of a bang. 
episode 169 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. I am Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. As Jacob normal, oh. as usual, Sorry. joined by Sir Jacob Bratz of Longleaf Reptilia. I can introduce and myself. But I just, you know, I was trying to make it professional and do it nice and you just, whatever. We'll just See, make it, you're cha- do you're the same thing we do every week. Me. This isn't what we do every week. You're, you're trying to introduce me. That's not how we normally do it. You're throwing well, me off. Hey, cool. You like racks? Me too. You should check out blackboxcages.com. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. Uh, sliders are now available. So for those of you who are not a fan of swing outdoors, swing down doors, sliders are now a thing on the XT3 and then the eight foot model, which is sort of yet to be officially announced. That'll have slider options as well. Um, so be prepared to check those out and Steve snakes range venom hot sauce. So you like hot sauce. So do we. I don't like it as much as Steve does, but I feel like a lot of people don't like hot sauce as much as Steve does because that guy is just a maniac. Um, but check him out. SteveSnakesRate.com. You get his Venom hot sauces. There's You can get the whole set. Collect them all. We like the Cottonmouth sauce. That's where it's at. Uh, so if you get his hot sauce, you're helping him out. He does a lot of public education, um, outreach. He does relocations. He goes and does removals. He has his own collection of animals that he uses for presentations and takes to, to talk to people about snakes. And uh, if you get his hot sauce, you're helping him with all that. So go check it out. Um, we love it. I feel like I need to get I need to get another set just to have at least a bottle of cottonmouth sauce for sure. Because I don't who knows what I'll put that on. I'll put it on everything. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's good on a lot of stuff for sure. <clears throat> If it was good on chicken, it's good on anything. It's almost <laughs> like Old Bay. Like you could put Old Bay on literally anything and it just makes it better. Like a shoe. A shoe. You know, <laughs> yeah. Some like you go and cut your grass and you just take a handful of that that cut grass and just sprinkle some old bay on there, like instantly better. Literally. So, so old that's bay. what's wrong with you. <laughs> old bay in your corona. Hey. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Add some flavor there. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Corona, you know. <laughs> don't they make like the weird sort of like salt, uh, like seasoning stuff that you put around, like on in your beer or like around mm-hmm. the thing? I don't know. It's like a margarita salt. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's for beer, but uh, yeah, they make shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this week, we are joined by Mr. Jack Oliver, who is a fellow South Carolinian in the upstate, who is keeping all kinds of cool stuff. <clears throat> Very anxious to... Yeah, yeah. Shout Always good to have another, another South Carolina guy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's got all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, we've had this set up for a couple of weeks now, and I'm, I'm glad we finally made it happen. Uh, you got some really awesome setups that I'm anxious to talk about. You know, you have dwarf caimans, which I'm... I've been very interested in for as long as I can remember. I'll know if I'll ever own one or not, but I've always wanted one. So I get to live vicariously through guys like you. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So real quick reading updates. Um, Loma Altas have not started hatching yet. They're due to any day now. I think we're on like day 64, 65. So we're getting down to the wire. Um, Blood Red Girl is still very slowly just popping out slugs periodically. None of them, like, none of them have been viable eggs, so I'm kind of just 
I don't think I'm I'm getting anything good out of her. Yeah. But she's okay. Otherwise, like she's just really taking her time dropping these things. So um I'll take it, you know, as long as she's okay. And what else? I think that's about it. Uh got corns that are taking their first meals. That uh het ghost tessera clutch. I think almost all of them I think ate. And then I've got a handful of ladies island corns that are ready to go. They've been eaten. They're at least three meals deep. I got some caramel Miamis that are het uh diffused, sun kissed and possible het diffused, sun kissed and cinder. Those are looking really good. They're starting to color up. I got some sheds happening with those. And then I have a couple Dion's available. So if anyone is interested in those, hit me up. Um, I, if you're going to Daytona, there's a good chance I can bring them to Daytona. Uh, other than that, nothing, nothing really new going on. I don't know, Jake. You got anything especial happening uh, over there? No, I uh, I added two female corns uh, from you, so that was cool. That was last week. Um, they're chilling. Uh, so that's good. Uh, sold quite a few carpets recently. Uh, so that was good slash hard, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Slimmed down a few babies and, uh, putting a little bit more focus on things there. So that's good. So what um, happens when you just convert to colubrids and just give yeah, up? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing. I haven't done that. It was more so I was just kind of holding on to things for a while to see how things developed and, you know, this big colubrid boom I've had, you know, I realized like, all right, it might be time to part with some of the last years or some of 2020 babies. I should say, I feel like it's been a year, but it's been much longer than that. Um, so part with some of the 2020 babies. So I sold yeah, all of them except 1.1. So got some uh, Daytona deliveries and then some shipping out right after Daytona. So, very exciting. It's going to fund a couple projects and uh, give me some uh, um, driving money for Daytona, be that gas money. So <laughs> it uh, worked out well. Going to pay off some stuff and uh, pay for a pair of uh, fox snakes. So that's exciting. Um, so, yeah, very excited about those. So, yeah, that's about it, I think. Nothing nothing too, too crazy. How long are those fox snakes? Yeah, you mentioned the fox snakes while, last so. week. Were those? Are there? I mean, they're they're hatchlings. Yeah, nah, yes. they're fresh babies from this year. Mm-hmm. So, nice. But again, I'm not gonna count my eggs for the hatch, but as long as all goes well, you know, I'll be getting a pair from Montrose. But oh, yeah. I had a bear hatch. So that clutch of two on the head hypos. One of them hatched. It looks like it's a male which is really frustrating because all my hypos are male. So it's like, I really just wanted a female, um, really fat little baby though, looking really good. And so the other egg, I was like, okay, well I'll go ahead and, and it hadn't hatched yet or pipped yet. So I was like, I'll go ahead and and slice it. And it's, it's close to full term. Still hasn't had any of the color come in yet, but it's still alive. I don't know if it's going to go the distance or not because it's odd that it's where it is and it hasn't, you know, with incubation being the same because they're in the same egg box and stuff. I don't know if that one was even going to hatch at all. I don't know what the deal is. So kind of just sitting on it and babysitting it a little bit to see what happens. Um, hmm. So I, I got one head What do you mean it hasn't developed color? Like, what, is it, what do you mean? Like, it's just, it's like a, a pink snake. Really? 
It's all yeah, like I, all the color and stuff comes in like at the towards the very end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I don't know. Really honestly, awesome. I yeah. haven't. I didn't even. I didn't test it or anything like that because I didn't want to introduce any sort of uh, like bacteria or something into that. Yeah. Um, I'd almost wonder I, if it's uh, not dead in the egg. I mean, it might be. I don't. The, there's still veins and all that, so I yeah. I don't know. But it was that odd shaped one. It was like literally shaped like a Dorito kind of. It was just odd, like. <laughs> Oh. It might have been kind of done from the jump, so we'll see. But obviously not if it developed, <clears throat> yeah, mostly. But. It could have just, yeah, I don't know. So Something, yeah. got one. If it's a female, I'm definitely holding on to it. If it's a male, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, I know like Derek was looking for a male head or hypo, so we'll see. Um, and then, like I said, Loma Altos are next up on deck to hatch, and I'm really excited about those because that's been something that I've been working for since I got the pair in 2019. I remember I was with you when you got them. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know. Those are going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to hoard all, almost all <laughs> of those probably. I don't know yet. Yeah. I'm definitely holding on to a lot of them. I don't know what I'll have for sale. Like I said, the ratios and stuff, same thing. I don't like to sort of count my, my snakes before they hatch, but um, may or may not have some of those available in the coming weeks. How many eggs of those do you have? Seven? Eight. 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 Good deal. Yeah. So they all look good. No issues. Everything looks healthy. So like I said, they're, they're on like day 60. They got to be on day like 64, 65. So we're, we're right there sort of. It's time. Raise them for six months to a year before you make any decisions. I don't think anything ugly will come out of that clutch. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. But you you might get something that's going to be, you know, extra. So raise them, raise them for a little while. I always say that. Raise them up for a little bit and make your, make your choices. I guess you can't those really are, do that with colubrids from South Carolina yeah. anymore. But, you know, I don't else, know. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are. Those might be might take a little more work to get feeding if they were anything yeah. like the clutch was last year. We'll see. I mean, they weren't horrible, but they weren't like the corns where it was just drop a pinky and watch it disappear. You know, like so yeah. we'll see. But anyways, uh, yeah, Jack, sort of general intro stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what are you currently keeping? What do you what do you got going on? Sort of, yeah. you can get into your background with herbs if you want to. Kind of leave it up to up to you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can talk a little bit about that just because it's it's um, a little bit different. But I originally okay. uh, grew up in Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania. So I uh, had sort of a northern reptile experience, which is a little bit different just because they're I feel like they're community. Well, wild reptiles are limited for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like show wise, they had a ton of shows up there. Uh, yeah. um, and when we moved down here, I, I want to say like right around 2008 or sometime around then, um, the South Carolina reptile scene was it, it was still a little bit interesting. Like the Repticon was just starting to really get big. They had Columbia, right? Columbia was was huge, um, but in the in Charlotte at least it wasn't like um, that, you know, established. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you had shows every other weekend up there. So, oh wow, um, moved down here and was like, what? Where do I go to find reptiles? Um, you know, to buy and stuff like that. So. That was pretty interesting, but also moving down here, I was like totally blown away by the amount of reptiles that were wild here. I remember the first time I saw a green anole and I was like, this must be somebody's escape pet, like lizards don't live <laughs> in the US, right? Wow. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty interesting, but very glad I moved down here because the herping experience has been 
you know, way better here than it would have been up there. So, but yeah, I mean, just background wise, I, you know, love dinosaurs like everyone else and, uh, just somehow started keeping snakes. Um, and so I still, still got my first ball Python that I got when I was like 11, he's like 14 years old now. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Congrats. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's pretty cool. So my collection's pretty interesting right now. It's just a lot of things. I've kind of got the Noah's Ark situation going on, uh, sort of in a transition period, you know, mm -hmm. um, a lot of stuff I got before I was like listening to podcasts and like really understanding what I want to get into. Um, so I got a couple of carpet pythons. I got a, a jag, a tiger jag, um, coastal, um, just a regular coastal. There might be diamond in it. I don't know. There's no lineage on both of these. They were uh, Repticon pickups, you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, got those two. Um, definitely want to get some more carpets. They're definitely, you know, as far as pythons go, uh, my my lane, I would say. And then uh, getting a lot more colubrids. I've had colubrids, corn snakes were my second snake ever. And, you know, I've had colubrids for a long time, but really starting to get more really into the garter snakes. So I've got three of those right now. Um, albino checkered, uh, Florida blue line, and then a, a het, het albino plains garter. So definitely uh, that's on the list for Daytona um, this year. So I want to pick up some more of those. Um, but yeah, and then outside of that, a couple of ball pythons, corn snake. I'm building sort of like a South Carolina rep, native reptile display in my reptile room. So I've got, you know, chain king, black racer, a couple of black rats. Um, I think that's it. I had some decays browns. Uh, I had I had a female who laid or gave birth to a bunch of babies. But those suckers are so small when they come out, man. Like you can't. I, I don't know. I, I was talking to. Connor Wardle about it a bunch mm -hmm. trying to get them feeding and I just couldn't get them feeding. So I was like, I'm gonna let these get these things go because you know, I'm not they're not gonna do well with me. So yeah, I think eventually I'll try those again when I like have more time and, you know, more time to dedicate to that. Um, because I you know, that was one of the staple snakes growing up, or at least once we moved here, just finding those all over the place. Um, and they look pretty similar to garters. I think they're in the same nitrocene group or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely will get those again. And then I have my uh, my dwarf caiman, Kevin. So that he's the he's the main main guy in the collection. I think if I could give up all my snakes and just keep crocodiles, I would. But I don't have enough space to do that or time. So <laughs> yeah, those things are uh, they're a lot. So yeah, that's what I'm keeping right now. Great. And then uh, working on working on the big caiman enclosure. That's the uh, the recent um, gold project. I would say. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in making the the outline and stuff, um, you know, I like to scroll through and and sort of think of see things that that pique my interest and then sort of form formulate questions around those. But like, you have pretty elaborate setups. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's for everything you got, but it's for some of the stuff you got. And so having that on top of a diverse collection like you have, um, is it difficult to balance all of that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the enclosures, you, you have like a set time frame on how long you think that they're going to take to complete. And then mm -hmm. you double or triple that. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to feed snakes tonight. Like, you know, you get in the zone building an enclosure and you're like, I don't know, I forget about things sometimes. So I'm like 11 o'clock at night feeding snakes because I was so in on uh, building the enclosures. But I don't know. I've always been into like the building of the displays. Um, I, you know, I like landscaping, too. So it's just 
you know, goes hand in hand. I think my, my ultimate goal is to sort of open up a reptile education center. So I feel like everything I'm doing now is just sort of training in um, preparation for that, you know, yeah. building these enclosures and stuff like that. I have all the time right now, so I might as well, you know, hone the tactics, see what, you know, is cheapest and works well um, and figure it out from there. But definitely each one is a, a huge learning experience. My, uh, my JAG carpet python enclosure, I used like a ton of concrete to, uh, to build the rocks. <laughs> that thing mm-hmm. weighs like a thousand pounds. I cannot. Oh move it. man. So that one will be uh, going in the trash whenever I move. And then we'll start over on that. Use dry lock <laughs> or something like uh, that. Put it, put it on some caster or yeah, cast yeah. and we good to go. Yeah. In the next one. Yeah. So I have an interesting reptile room because it's, uh, it's my crawl space. It's like a walkout basement. So, but it's a crawl space. So the, there's no floor in there. So I have like plywood down. Um, hmm. But it, well, I should back up. There's a, it's like a plastic liner. I had somebody come in and like, I forget what they call it, but they lined the basement, put a dehumidifier in and all kinds of stuff. And so then I just put like uh, OSB boards down and then a carpet. And so that's what the floor is of my basement. So I can't, use casters or anything like that it's kind of oh yeah yeah i got you is that air conditioned down there no it actually because it's mostly underground it stays like very cool down there so yeah we'll see when i get all the the new lights set Ah. up for the enclosure but right now i think it's at 75 so it's uh it's not bad yeah it's still bizarre no one has basements down here so it's like such a foreign concept you know Yeah. yeah No one really does here either. My house is just kind of built on a hill, so it's like a weird situation. I think a lot of people don't want to dig out the clay because we got so much of that yeah. clay up yeah. here. But, yeah. Yeah. We're all I, sand you know, down here, man. Like, we don't you can't yeah. do basements down here. It'll collapse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it don't happen yeah. here. Yeah, my dad actually lives in Hilton Head, so he's down there and they've uh, got like a strange basement thing, but I guess because of the flood zone, they're not mm-hmm. allowed to finish it. So it's like a sort of a basement but also like crawl space i don't know it's weird yeah, yeah they can they, they yeah i look i inspect houses for a living and yeah there's some weird houses down here that yeah <laughs> like it's people coming down here not knowing that we're exactly. practically below sea level yeah like i'm gonna build a basement and it's like well you can <laughs> but somebody there was somebody here we were talking yesterday they were trying to build and their site was eight feet above sea level wow yeah, <laughs> that was, it was it was wild. It's yeah. yeah. I lived in uh, Charleston for a year, and I remember my I calculated um, the sea level I was at because there was a hurricane rolling through, and I was like, "Am I is this place going to flood? Am I good here?" And uh, I was 16 feet above, and I was like, uh, "You know, <laughs> close, but we'll see what happens with the flood." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get some crazy tides around here too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a king tide. King tide. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. king tide. King tide will wreck you if you're close yeah. to the water. Yeah, that was. It was weird. No one. There was no one in Charleston. It was. It was uh, like a ghost town. It was wild. Yeah, man. Everyone gets out of Dodge if it's getting yeah. serious. You got the people that are yeah. like, "I'm, I'm not leaving for nothing." Yeah. <laughs> then you yeah. got the people that are like, "Oh, there's a tropical storm in the middle of the Atlantic that'll be here next <laughs> week. Let's get out of here. Like, yeah. load up yeah. the car. We're leaving. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I had all the reptiles, so I was like, I can't, can't mm-hmm. move them all or leave yeah. here. So, stick yeah. around. But, but yeah, what I'm, size? Yeah, I'm, okay. go, go ahead. <clears throat> I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm down in that that area all the time. So, love it, love it down there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. 
What size? So you have these bigger, like that concrete that you were talking about with that enclosure for the Jag. Like what? What size enclosure are you typically shooting for with the with the carpets and some of the other stuff? Yeah. So um, she's in a four by two by three, mm-hmm. um, which is I feel like a you know pretty good size. But when I put all that concrete stuff in there, it it went down to like a four by three by eighteen, maybe or mm-hmm. maybe even less. So it's definitely I feel like it's it's smaller now. Um, I think four by four by two by three is going to be my goal uh, for the future enclosures. I want to get like some diamonds and stuff um, and keep them in pairs just in the winter in the four by two by three and then keep them outside uh, most of the time. So that's going to be the goal. So you're shooting for like three foot high? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the goal. I just, you know, they, they perch up so nicely mm-hmm. and I really like looking at them. Um, yeah. I, personally, I think carpets are the best display snake just because the way they perch and they still move mm-hmm. around on like green trees but um they just sit but uh yeah I, I think carpets can you know there's a lot that can be done display wise for carpets and i think there's yeah. a lot of room to experiment with that and yeah absolutely forward, so. they're great they're great do you have a, do you have like a plan for the outdoor stuff when you do that um in terms of like we've we've talked about it before you yeah know, like it would be awesome to do outdoor enclosures especially for stuff like brettles and whatnot but like my yeah. constant concern is raccoons and stuff yeah. killing your animals through the you know grabbing them through the, the fencing or the wire or whatever and mm-hmm. and killing them like they do chickens and stuff all the time so it's like yeah i always wonder people who do do it here or even in the southeast in general or i guess in the states in general because it seems like raccoons are just about everywhere mm-hmm. um like what do you what's the plan to sort of curb anything happening there yeah to be honest i haven't gotten that far (laughs) um but my buddy my buddy zach uh he's he uh he's got some brettles outside and they there's actually a company on amazon it's like atri atri some or something like that um but they they make like bird aviaries and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but they also make reptile enclosures that are on casters that you can put outside um so I was probably looking at buying some of those, but um, there's like electric fencing you can do mm-hmm. um, and just hook it up around the outside. So maybe that's what I would do. Um, yeah. Right now I've got a box turtle enclosure outside that I've just got bird netting over the top of. Obviously that's not going to stop a raccoon, but I figured if it's just a box turtle in there, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to try that hard. At least yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> you know. So. And, if you th- and if you think about it, I mean, yeah, I've dealt with a lot of raccoons in my days. Raccoons are scavengers in a yeah. lot of in a lot of sense. They are predators, but they are also big scavengers. And like I've never seen a raccoon mess with, you know, a semi large rat snake around here. You know, mm-hmm. if you're putting something like a brettles outside, I mean, if you wait till it's an adult where it can't get out by itself easily, yeah. I mean at that point it's gonna be five to possibly seven maybe even eight feet long you know yeah, i don't think a ra- i don't really think a raccoon <laughs> is gonna I, I i wouldn't really worry about a raccoon oh, man. if it's gonna leave you'd be surprised because i've seen what I they mean, do to chickens and it's pretty they, wild yeah that's a chicken though you know like that's that could a raccoon could potentially be prey for a yeah. big brettles you know what i mean like i've never seen a mess with snakes i've never once seen a snake torn apart by something that looked like a raccoon you know like I've never seen a big dead snake look like it's been partially eaten or something like that. You know, that's just me. I could be completely wrong, but 
you know, I don't see, I don't see I've raccoons being Jimmy huge Turtle. predators. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. That's just, maybe that's just me, but I'm not saying ignore it, but I'm not saying it would be a huge concern. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Small yeah. I, I feel like if you did the, um, if you did the mesh like small enough so they couldn't get, get yeah. their hands in there mm-hmm. or the, uh, the screen or whatever you're using, um, I think it'd be okay. Just get a, yeah, a and I think that would be the biggest thing is make sure they don't get scratched by something, you know. Yeah. I just I yeah. don't know. You see like Iper and those guys over in Australia do it, but it's like they don't have to worry about that kind of thing. You know, they don't have these yeah. little predatory bear relatives that are able to break <laughs> into things like it's they're friggin' Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they are they're annoying. They just have to worry about putting their shoes on and having some sort of spider or something bite them. Yeah, they have literally everything else. That <laughs> the other ninety nine percent of things of wildlife <laughs> yeah. that can kill you. Yeah. yeah, everybody listening to Australia is right now. It's like, oh yeah, we don't have raccoons. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, it's... yeah. But, I don't know if thirteen they, species of brown snake that all like, look exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if the dingoes are like coyotes here, where they're in like uh, in cities and stuff. I don't yeah. Know. No, I have no uh, no knowledge of Australia really, but mm. yeah, but yeah, that's that's a distant plan is keeping the snakes outside. We'll see what happens. Um, I think I read somewhere that that like diamonds, their natural habitat is like very similar in in temperature to Columbia, South Carolina. So I believe it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like you know here it's a little bit colder, but it's not bad. So I could probably get away with like a hot box or something, um, keeping them year round, but. Yeah. That's a lot of money to risk outside, so we'll see. Well, well, my thought was with future doing stuff like that, you know, with like mm-hmm. colubrids and stuff, is doing more of like a a sunroom that's completely screened in, but you can close windows on it type of deal, you know, so yeah. you can leave the windows open all the time. And then like during the winter, put a heat pad under some deep substrate, put a thermostat on it so they can get mm-hmm. down and get to that 55 range, even when it's 30 degrees in your sunroom type of deal. You know, yeah. so I think a heat pad under there regulated would do wonders, you know, for yeah. them to still get that warmth, but still get the, the coolness of winter. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of room to experiment with that type of thing. Yeah. And you don't know that a lot of people have done it. I mean, uh, Camp Cannon in Florida, he does, you know, a ton of stuff outside and is really cool. I, I you know, I love watching his stuff and seeing, you yeah. know, how he's keeping things, but he's got a lot less cold to fight than, than we do. Or I'm, right. I don't know about you guys, but. You know, yeah, we don't have that much. Yeah, yeah, we're certainly not Rock Hill winters, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we're cold. We're colder than South Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah. it is pretty wild that you drive, you know, four, five hours, you know, in the adjacent yeah. corner of the of South Carolina, and it's like a almost a different world, you know. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mountains, like we don't we don't get snow, snow down here. Like you mountains. guys get snow up there, but like yeah. down here, snow is like a once in a decade sort of event, and it's a big deal when it happens. It's laughable yeah. compared to what you guys get, you know, up there. But yeah, uh, it's just it, it blows my mind drive. that yeah that it's not yeah. even it's not a far trek to cross the state. You know, like it's not no. like Florida where it's long and like a twelve hour drive from one tip to the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's like the the habitat and stuff in general is, yeah. is wildly different too. 
Yeah. You know, we talked yeah. about that a little bit last week with the, you know, coach whips and stuff like that. You know, we don't see those down here really. They do exist. We just don't see them. But like the more you go sort of upstate and into the coastal plains and Piedmont and stuff like that, then you do sort of notice those more. Yeah. Habitats better. And it's, yeah, we actually just like, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. I was going to say, it's funny, the variety of snakes that you actually get in South Carolina, you know, yeah. even within rat snakes down here, we see yellows. You get kind of <laughs> northern part of like, or if you go a couple counties north, you'll get some grays, but we mm -hmm. don't get any blacks. But just a couple hours up, you'll get blacks, yeah. you know, and the, but you don't see yellows, you know, and it's just... It's just funny the different variety that you can get, you know, like you seeing like mid fades, Midland. It's just odd. Yeah, yeah, you know, like you seeing Midland waters and, you yeah. know, we only get bandits and red bellies, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's just neat. You know, you can go to a different park a couple hours up and see brown water snakes, you know, mm -hmm. not, but you won't see them down here, you know, and yeah. it's just neat the variety that we can get really. Yeah, we were, uh, we went to my buddy's place a couple of weeks ago, um, do some fishing and some urban and um, he's outside of Columbia and the difference between here and also the coast was nuts. And the most common snake when I was on INAT looking around was um, hognose snakes. Like that was wow. the most common snake around him. And it, that and is crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It's completely different. You know, you're lucky yeah. to see anything other than a black rat snake here. So um, yeah, it was wild. And then I don't even know uh, the corns, I guess, were the were the rat snake in that area. I didn't see any rat snakes on on Inat, so it's just wild it's, how different it is. So yeah, yeah. Around here, I mean, and then racers too. Yeah, racers. I mean, you see, we see more racers than anything around here. You know, I yeah. think that's in our, that's the one across the board. <laughs> You're gonna get that no matter where you go. It's it's interesting because outside of Charlotte, like suburbs of Charlotte, you don't see racers at all. I, I guess they don't do well with development, um, like fast development. So we don't mm -hmm. see them at all. And then you go, you know, 20 minutes south of where I am and you can find them all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's just around that developed area that you don't, you don't really find them. So, yeah. And you said you're, you have one, like you're keeping yeah, I've got a, little, a little baby. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. My what's buddy. What's that, uh, that been like? It's cool, man. They're like, I don't know. They look like little Patias, man. They've got those like yeah. big <laughs> eyes, you know? Yeah. I never so, thought of them that way, but that's that's actually pretty spot on. Yeah. How long have you been keeping them? Is he eating? Not not long. Uh, two days, maybe. Oh, so, okay. Very, oh, very yeah. yeah. So we'll see. He, uh, you know, I threw a pinky in there, but that didn't I mean, happen. So. By internet, by by internet timelines, like you're an expert. If you had for two oh. days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You can write a book at this point. <laughs> yeah, care guides coming soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Go those have always been Go. interesting. I just don't know. Like, I feel like they they. I did a similar vein to coach whips. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, the Western seem to do well in captivity for the most part, but I just, for whatever reason, I just see racers just never, I guess if you get them small enough, but like yeah. older animals, that just seems like a species that just does not, would not adapt well to, to being in a box. No, um, no. And I would agree. And I think that nobody's really tried because they're, you know, to be honest, they're just, a sh they're just a <laughs> shitty black snake. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Coach whips are at least pretty as adults. Yeah. You know, racers are just black. And, you know, if they're like, oh, if I want a black snake, I'm going to get an indigo or a Mexican black king snake, you know. So it's one of those things. But, yeah, I think if you start them young enough, they could be very mm -hmm. much like coach whips. 
Their souls yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to have to start them on lizards, you know, that yeah, they're going to yeah. be lizard feeders as babies, you know, and they're certainly not going to be easy to get going. But, you know, yeah. I think if you do it, they could be very successful. Connor yeah. Wardle is, you know, you talk about him. He's he's trying with a racer right now, I believe. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he's how successful he's been, but I remember he posted about it. And I was like, hey, let me know how he does, you know, because they've always interested me. man. Yeah. I think if you stuck at an adult in the six foot enclosure, I think it could yeah. do really well. Yeah, it'd be right. super fun to watch too. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talking about, or a lot of people, you know, there's like three people who've talked about <laughs> uh, feeding bugs. So mm -hmm. I've got a huge, yeah. a huge backyard that has grasshoppers galore. So I'm going to go out there and net some tomorrow and just see, because uh, he's tiny, tiny. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, go grab but, some crickets from PetSmart, man. Throw them yeah. in there. Just throw a bunch in there. You know, get some rough greens if you got. Yeah. Grasshoppers, yeah. man. That's yeah, I had, yeah. The first snakes I had were rough greens, and I used to go in our backyard and catch them grasshoppers and just throw <laughs> them in there and watch them hunt those things. It was awesome. I yeah. would love to keep a group of rough greens, man. That's yeah. still like on my list of like bioactive rough green enclosure. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, but, and people have actually had success with those too, right? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would, would be down those. to get a pair and try and see if I could get those to reproduce. I think. Yeah. Babies would probably be a real pain because those babies are tiny. You want to talk about small tiny. babies? Like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. like, yeah, I'm sure. It, I don't know if you guys know of Garden State Tortoise up in Jersey, mm -hmm. but they uh, they produced some, I think, last year. Nice. Um, and so I was looking at those, but I don't even know if they sell those. But I don't know. It'd be cool to get captive bred ones because then you, I mean, you'd sure, surely have success with those as long as they were started before you got them. But. Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're fun species, man. They're just so yeah. cool, and that's that's one that I've heard in terms of UVB. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to be a species where it's almost one hundred, like a necessity. Like you, yeah. you're you're not gonna do as well with them without it. Um, I, I would think black racers and coach whips would be similar. You know, I know coach whips are kept successfully in tubs, but I think those, you know, coach whips, um, green snakes, and racers are very diurnal species. You know, I see, I've seen all those pretty much only in the middle of the freaking day, you know, just out and about. So it's one of those things I think they thrive off that, off that sun, you know. And, well, you have to think with greens too, they're not eating whole prey items. They're not getting all the same things you get from rodents, you know, they're, exactly. they're dealing with insects that are mm -hmm. none of the, you know, a lot of the things that, that mice have, they don't. So mm -hmm. I think that plays a big part in it, but yeah. The yeah, garters too, I feel like really benefit from uh, UVB. Mm -hmm. I keep UVB yeah. on all my garters as well, um, and they they'll bask under it all day. So, um, which is pretty interesting. I guess you know they're eating worms and stuff, so it's the same thing. They're not mm -hmm. getting all those nutrients. So, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I've I've been tempted to try garters, man. I just I don't know. Garters have traditionally just never done a whole lot for me. Like the the Lake Chapala ones. Yep. Are oh, man. freaking insane. Like yeah. I I. I'd be okay with, you know, one or two of those. Um, but for the most part, I don't know. I mean, we have some here and we get some nice blue ones, but for the most part, they're kind of like that army drab green and mm -hmm. they're usually fairly prickish. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, kind of, yeah, I never, I never, I just never really caught that, that nature scene bug. I was, I was really planning on getting into some garters, but the feeding aspect kind of turned me off and, to them i had a lot of people like send me pictures of like garters grabbing onto each oh, other's yeah. heads you know like, 
Nerodia grab food and run away. You know, they don't really try and steal. Sometimes if they're hungry, they'll get finicky. But they, yeah, they grab and then they go hide and they normally don't fight for food. Garters fight for food, you know, and they're another species that thrives on being together, you know, communally. And Mm -hmm. I just, I've, I've come to the terms. I'm not a communal keeper. I don't like Mm -hmm. keeping snakes together. It is not my cup of tea. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've kind of leaned away from that. I'm going to try Nerodia on singles, hopefully and alone, but I have some big plans for those, but we'll see. Did you separate your Nerodia? Not yet. I have a couple, I have a couple singles, um, a couple males that are by themselves. Other than that, everything else is in twos. But I think soon I may separate some, you know, especially the ones, the ponch tulas may stay together because they're doing fine. But I've got some bandits that are, I think the females are chubbing a little too much on the food. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure the male is getting sufficient, you know, nutrients. Ponch tulas. Yeah, those things are freaking animals. Yeah, man. they're they're crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. They got some personality. I got oh man, quite a few, four or five, I think. Five punch to it now. One point four. It's either one point four or two point three. I'm not totally sure, but we're working on them. So on the on the subject of setups, I mean, yeah. we gotta we gotta talk about this because this is just insane. <laughs> yep that's so the your... oh is it okay yeah yeah man see that's like you see the pictures it's hard to tell exactly what size like for reference i mean you have the you know the stat or the temp gun i think it is yep. right there hanging out but like that's yep. that looks freaking sweet man so what's, <laughs> what setup awesome. did you say that was that so that's for my jag carpet python so oh, when so I was that's the concrete through... one mm-hmm. yeah yep okay yeah yep. So when I was flipping through the uh, the complete carpet python, you know, I kept seeing these pictures of uh, of Queensland, and you know, I, you think of Australia and you think of like the Universal Rocks background with like red rocks and stuff, but a lot of their stuff looks like here or like in the mountains in South Carolina, just with mm-hmm. palm trees. You know, the rock is that color, um, so I really wanted to try to do that um, or replicate that side of Australia rather than you know like the red rocks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really what it was it was aimed after but yeah that was that was right after i completed it so it looks a little bit different now there there was live plants in there the live plants were uh are a no go i think for live plants and a and a carpet python of that size it's got to be you know it's got to be a big <laughs> size appropriate yeah 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 more like so, a small tree yeah yeah <laughs> like a tree in there for sure yeah but uh, yeah so i've just got some fake plants in there now um but it, i mean it still looks pretty much like that so very nice but, that's yeah, fantastic, that a, man. That was a fun one to build for sure. I it did, I, that one actually didn't take me that long. I, I think it took me like two or three weeks to do um, to completion. But how did yeah. you do the con like the concrete? How do you get that to sort of stay attached to the the walls of the cage and sort yeah. of the structure of it? So there's there's chicken wire underneath of there. So I carved out like the foam um, mm-hmm. to be sort of the shape I wanted. And then I put chicken wire all over the top and then like um, stapled that in and then went ahead and applied concrete on top of that and then sort of carved the concrete the way I wanted it to be. So there, there, there's like probably a hundred pounds of concrete in there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a lot. So what's the cage made out of PVC or wood? That's wood. Yep. Okay. And then I did uh, dry lock on top of that. So gotcha. um, 
yeah, which is sort of what I'm doing on the uh, the Cayman enclosure now, um, just wood with with dry lock. So, because I've you know I feel like the dry lock sort of maintains it long enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not trying for anything that's going to last me 40 years here yet because I'm probably <laughs> going to move soon. So, or not soon. Hopefully, not soon. I just moved here, but uh, <laughs> relatively soon, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. Something else I noticed too that I wanted to you know talk about was the fact that you have, uh, you know, you're keeping balls in sort of a naturalistic-ish sort of setup. Like, do you notice? Yep. Have you kept them? sort of in the traditional simple way of of how a lot of people do it and did you notice any major difference in, in yeah. how the animal behaved as a result yeah definitely so I, I i had balls and racks for a long time um and they're they're so much more active in an enclosure and i'm not i'm not anti-rack at all you know i keep mm -hmm. a couple of snakes and racks and i think it's fine when it when it suits it but um you know i really like looking at my balls they're they're super uh, that sounds. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, do you now? <laughs> oh, we all. <laughs> but uh, no, they're they're super active. They're always out cruising. They're actually they're cohabs. So that's a that's a female pastel, um, and then I've got a male, the male that I've had for like 13 years who lives in there uh, with her, and they um, they bred for me last year um, in there, and I actually was going to let her maternally incubate. I removed him and put him in a rack and was going to let her maternally incubate but i you know i got scared got cold feet <laughs> i've been there yeah yeah so but yeah they 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 love it they they interact with each other um i've gotten a, a couple of comments about uh cohabbing them but of course uh, you did yeah <laughs> yeah see, that's that's here's a little mini rant real quick this is sort of my my gripe with the with the whole anti-rack like crowd okay it's like you put them in a setup like that, mm -hmm. they're still going to find something to complain about. Mm -hmm. Like there is, there is no, there's always going to be something wrong. Like yeah. that is my main. So it's at, at, I'm at a point now where I'm like, if you don't like it, sorry, too bad. Yeah. My Jansen and I are cohabbed. They do fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've kept, I don't cohab a lot of stuff myself. But it's one of those things where it's like you have people telling you, oh, racks are bad. Shouldn't keep them in there. Mm -hmm. you have people saying you need to keep naturalist, keep them in a naturalistic or vivari, whatever you want to call it. You got two snakes. and Oh, no, you can't do that. It's got to be single. Yeah. And then it's like you, you could give them like one of those eight foot black spot cages or something and have it decked out like that. And they'd still find something to complain about. Like there, yeah. there is no pleasing that crowd. Yeah. it's just it's, not gonna happen and so yeah. it's like why bother don't bother keep them the way you want to keep them you know as long yeah. as the animals are healthy you're not having any issues you know mm -hmm. like what who, who cares yeah. like what difference does it make and that's the thing man from like keeping colubrids and like talking to a lot of people i've figured out there's there's a lot of ways to skin a cat when it comes to yeah. keeping things you know and it's not just with colubrids you know i've known a ton of people that cohab rat snakes all day Mm -hmm. I, you know, what's the difference from some of the other stuff? You know, why is that so much different? I had a buddy, I'm not saying I would do this, but I had a buddy that was keeping a Nicaraguan boa and a Colombian rainbow boa in the same enclosure oh, for months, mm -hmm. for months, they were completely fine, you know, and the animals were mm -hmm. healthy and yeah, I'm not saying I would do it, but you know, that just went to show that like, it's, 
it's not the end of the world if people cohab things, yeah. you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, how, you know, if you keep in racks, you know, there's so many ways to keep these things successfully. And, you know, like Justin said, at the end of the day, if your animals are healthy, your animals are healthy. You know? See, yeah. it's, it's a little different though, when you have something like that and it's, and not saying that this is the case, but if, if it's one of those things where it's like, well, I didn't have enough money for a cage for this, so I just had to put yeah. it together. It's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, and that's a, that's a, there's a bigger issue there than yeah. keeping yeah. animals in boxes, you know? Right. Uh, right. But it's, I don't, did you watch that Dave Kaufman? The not yet. It's, uh, it's on my, my list for Saturday. I'm taking a train up to Raleigh. So I figured that's a good time to watch nice. it. But yeah, yeah I, I'm super I, excited for that. I watched it. It was actually, it was really good. It was interesting to see the, uh, the true like natural history aspect of that species mm -hmm. and seeing the landscape and the habitat they're coming from. And even the differences between, uh, you know, Benin and Togo and, uh, Ghana. Ghana. Yep. And, um, I liked it. I, I think if anybody hasn't seen it yet, you should check it out. Um, I think it's going to make the, the anti-rack people have a, have an aneurysm. <laughs> um, there was, I mean, I do have my complaints about it. We, I, I figured me and Phil will talk about that Monday. Um, I think Phil watched it. I don't know if he has yet or not, but overall, I think it's, it's definitely worth watching. I, I, you know, I think it's awesome that Dave took the time and, and resources and stuff to go over there and actually do it. And considering that he was really there not that long ago to be able to crank out that whole thing and have it edited and up was, was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm sure there's a ton of footage that we just didn't see, you know, yeah. Um, but just like with all the other videos he's done where he's going to the actual habitat of these things and looking at, you know, data and stuff like that, I think it's, it's awesome. And, you know, I, it's cool to see, like I said, the natural history aspect of balls. Cause we, as we know them, you know, we almost forget that that's even a, a, a part of them. Like that's even an aspect to them, but there are just, wild ball pythons out there to see yeah. them though. Like see the habitat, see how they're finding them, see just the, the bigger picture, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, okay, that I have an interest in. That's really cool. Like that. I don't have any, you know, that I'm, that I'm down with. It's the, the morphin stuff that I just can't keep up with and all that other stuff. So like no. when you said you had a pastel, <laughs> I was like, finally a morph I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's worth watching. It's worth checking yeah. out. Yeah, I definitely got lucky that I got not as super into them as I was before I started buying, you know, crazy morphs or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the, I remember trying to set up a naturalistic style ball python habitat maybe five or six years ago and just trying to Google like habitat from over there. And there's nothing like you couldn't yeah. you can't find anything about where they're from. Or, the I mean, natural habitat was a yeah. 32 quart tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like trying to set up a grassland because that's all you hear. You're like, oh, they live in a grassland, but that's it. So, see, and even cool. then, though, it's it's not the sort of the grassland that we picture as Africa. Like, I feel like people think of grassland and they think of like savannas, you know, like mm -hmm. much much lower mm -hmm. on the continent. You know, like with the zebras and the lions mm -hmm. and the what you see on National Geographic and stuff like that. And it's definitely mm -hmm. not that in the you know in what in what Dave showed. Um, you know, some of it didn't look too dissimilar to sort of the stuff that we, you know, go and herp through and stuff like that. You know, obviously it's considerably more tropical and there's, you know, this floor is completely different. But um, it was just it was cool to see, like I said, the whole the whole thing, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the bigger picture of that species. And, um, yeah. you know, he had mentioned the 
the that the paper that came out, I guess, at some point or another that I was completely unfamiliar with and hadn't heard of, where they talk about finding ball pythons in trees mm-hmm. um, and feeding on birds. Like that's apparently another section of is either Benin or Togo. Um, I don't remember mm-hmm. which one, but he did. He talked about it, but he never showed it. Gotcha. Uh, and he, you know, he talked about like he went to some of like the the voodoo markets and stuff. And I personally, I think he spent a little too much time on those. And it would have been cool if he had been able to go to that spot where they were finding these more arboreal balls. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it is what it is. That's you know, I can critique it all day. I'm not the one who went out there and did the work. But you know, it's 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 worth checking out if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, it's just it's going to be interesting to hear what people's thoughts are on it because it's it seems like. I could see there being a lot of differing opinions and stuff on the, the overall sort of message of it and the, you know, the point. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to check that out. He's the stuff he's doing for the reptile communities is huge, man. Just going out there and showing people like where things actually live. I think it, it provides so much value that, you know, no one else is really doing. So mm-hmm. especially in a video format, I mean, you can go and take pictures all day, but yeah, it just provides so much more context when you can see it in a full video, you know, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really like the Aki Aki episode he did, and it, he did the same thing where he had his like hygrometer and temperature, and he was sticking it into like the burrows and getting the readings from that and the microclimates, you know, for mm-hmm. that species and stuff. So, it is awesome. It's it's I'm anxious to see what else he ends up doing uh, as far as other species and stuff goes. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, need him to do a dwarf caiman one. That'd be sick. Yeah, <laughs> get down there in the Amazon, but. Speaking yeah. of, how long have you had Kevin? So Kevin, I got him three years ago. So um, he's just over three years old. You know, he's a tiny little gecko when I got him. So just over three years, he's like three and a half feet now. So pretty pretty solid sized animal. But yeah, he's I was he's say, a, last picture I saw of him, he looked he looked pretty hefty. Yeah, yeah, he's getting he's getting big. That's for sure. So definitely uh, anxious to get him into his new enclosure, but. He's uh so he's a trig so um he's not the you know the Coover's dwarf caiman which is a little bit smaller yeah there he is so he's about three and a half feet there looks um, happy looks yeah happy. <laughs> yeah that's the common question everyone goes like does, does he like you and I was like no man no, no. <laughs> no he does not <laughs> he's an apex predator who doesn't want to be messed with so he doesn't like anybody <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah yeah he, he likes, likes food that's yeah that is. He doesn't mind his turtle friend for now, so he's got an alligator snapping turtle living with him, but that's going to Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you know, they were both small for a long time, and now they're both in need of their own setup. So um, he's the alligator snapping turtle's going outside, and then uh, Kevin's going to stay inside. But, yeah, he's he's been, you know, a fun – a fun experience to have, that's for sure. I don't – definitely don't think they're for for everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, being in South Carolina, it's, they're, I think far too common, um, you know, just at Repticon and, and stuff. Luckily at Columbia, you can't sell crocodilians anymore. So that's good. But, um, it's just like a whole nother level, man. Like it's, it's, it's so much commitment and you got to stay on top of laws and all kinds of stuff. Cause you know, the hammer could drop at any minute and right. you gotta change what you're doing. So. Dude, so, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names. We had a local guy here with a shop that was trying to sell these things to schools. I, I know like, exactly uh, who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 
it's not not pleasant it's not it's not this isn't this isn't a leopard gecko that's a classroom pet this is a crocodilian and and honestly even an alligator would be better like these these caiman are so they're so fast and they stay at that size like three foot to like six foot is like the worst size for a crocodilian because they're just you know they're so quick they're they can they can still have size but they're still they can still move, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're big enough to put a hurting on you, but small enough to reach around and grab their tail if they yeah. wanted to. That's 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 yeah. tight, you know. That's that's hard to that's hard to maneuver. You know? That's that's really difficult. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And on, so, honestly, the, the, I've heard I don't have experience with the cougars, but I've heard that the cougars are better. Um, but mm-hmm. the the trigs are just you know they get big, like they're the same size as a spectacled caiman full, full grown, you know, they're not, they're not really that small. So, yeah. <laughs> they get so. so having yeah. him now though, and looking back, mm-hmm. has your sort of initial idea of what keeping them would be like, has that changed? No, I think I was, I was like pretty prepared for what it, mm-hmm. I was getting into. You know, I, I've won one for God, maybe eight or nine years before, I actually got them. So, you know, I was reading research papers. I was reading a ton of stuff. Um, I think I definitely, looking back, I definitely would have waited and tried to get a cougars instead just Mm because, you know, stay, you know, the difference between a four foot crocodilian and a a six foot is is pretty large. Um, That's substantial. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there's, you know, I I definitely think that those, those make better captives. Not that anything, either of them make great ones, but um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I think, mean, if you think about it, man, that's the difference between a small child and yeah. and, a, and a full grown man. Like yeah. that's, yeah. Look at an eleven year old, and then look at you. Like yeah. that's there's a big difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, you think you think about it it's so so close, but it's really not. I mean, it's it's, it's not it's, at all. <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds like it is, but it, it's really not. Yeah. But, I mean, unfortunately, they are a, a species that we see for sale a lot, and I think. Mm-hmm a very large majority of people that buy them not prepared likely are not prepared no, for what no. they're, what they're signing up for. Um, Cause I've even seen some on Craigslist and I can guarantee mm-hmm. that was like, a, Oh, look at the little game and you yeah. know, get it and it'll be awesome. And then as it continues to not chill out and continues to really be a handful, they're like, okay, this isn't as fun. It's like scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, yeah. As, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're cute. They're cute and shit as babies. And, you know, it's one thing when they're snappy as babies, but once they hit that size where they're, it hurts, you know, then yeah. it's like, ah, this isn't really fun anymore. You know, when they're, you know, nine inches long and sitting on top of the water, all floating, all cool and cute, you know, then it's, yeah, it's awesome, you know, but yeah. You got it's one of those things. If if someone's prepared and they've done, you know, they've looked into it and they've done plenty of of reading to know exactly what they're getting into, and they still go forward with it and they're successful, like that's awesome, fantastic. That's extreme. I can only imagine it's it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that that's the benefit is people see them and they're like, oh, it's an alligator without all the the bad parts of having an alligator, the size and the requirements and stuff. It's like I can I can get my my fix. But it's when you have something shrunk down like that and it's still just high strung and just not cooperative, like doesn't want anything to do with you like that's I can see where that that would kind of get old, I would think, especially if you deal with multiple animals. Like if you just have one, that's one thing. But if you're like one of those people that just has, you know, 
three of them, two of them, whatever. It's like, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Like that's Yeah. It is nice. Cause they're, they're kind of shy. So they don't like come out of the enclosure too much. Like they're not trying to come at you when you, mm-hmm. you know, you open the enclosure, which is pretty nice. Um, but definitely like trying to, like, I can't imagine trying to catch two. Well, you can, but uh, you know, trying to catch two at one time Yeah, with both of them in the enclosure, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough. And you know, there's not a ton of information out there um, on this stuff. I know you guys did an article uh, on them for the magazine at one point. Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, Travis de Lagerheim, which I've talked to him about having a whole episode on, on dwarfs. Um, mm-hmm. we just haven't made it happen yet. Schedules haven't happened. Cause he's oh, like, man, I would love to when I wanted that. to do that episode, he's like, he's, a, he's a really good person to have for, for that because he's, you know, he's got a, a like adult. He's, I think he may even have more than one, but yeah, he's got them in like big devoted setups. You know, he's mm-hmm. not like, he's not cutting corners or anything like that and he knows like he's seen you know from baby to adult sort of what you can expect and you know he's just he's got a lot more experience with them over years and years and stuff to where i like i trust his judgment on things and what he Mm -hmm. would recommend and and stuff like that because yeah uh yeah so that's he's he's on the list we're gonna make it happen at some point just gotta pin him down yeah no that would be sweet i would listen to the shit out of that that'd be sick that'd Mm -hmm. be awesome but yeah i i don't know it's it's you know south carolina is one of those states where it's you know it's a free-for-all except for you know native turtles but um, for now <laughs> yeah. of all things of all things yeah <laughs> yeah oh so, man yeah yeah i don't know i'm i'm in a, a lot of um a lot of groups on facebook uh like crocodilian related groups and i mean the majority of those posts you know i join these groups trying to meet some people, you know, get some information. And I would say 97% of the, the posts are people who get them and they're like, can I keep this in a 20 gallon long and will it shrink or fit? It won't let me hold me. It won't yeah. let me hold it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Yeah. yeah. And there's people, you know, there's people on Instagram who have them and they're like tame or whatever. And people think that you can do that, but I, the imported ones, you're definitely not going to get that out of them. Yeah. You know, there, there's a couple of people breeding them. I don't know uh-huh. if they're people breeding tricks, but, um, uh, palps you can definitely get captive bred and if you're going to get one that's where i would go is you know captive bred one um uh, especially a, a, a cougars um mm-hmm. that you know you could probably get that one to be pretty tame i know nerds got a couple that are are pretty uh pretty docile but i also don't think that like is what attracted me to crocodilians like i don't own him in purpose of like having him like lay on my stomach while i'm watching you know, right right and i don't think a lot of like people that are yeah. truly devoted to him i don't think that's their intention either no. like they know yeah. full well that that's not likely not gonna have to be the case yeah you know? yeah like let's be real it's nice if you can work them like that's always yep it's always ideal if you can work an animal and they'd be pleasant you know mm-hmm. but realistically if you're getting into crocodilians and you're wanting yep. a beard you, yeah like yeah. you have to go into the mindset things could take your finger off one day like yeah. you know be yeah. be honest with yourself like you know and if you're dealing with some of the ones you have could take your whole hand yeah. Like it's not, it's not a joke. A six foot croc is not, it's no. not something to play with. Like, and, yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's super interesting though. He's um, there. I mean, they're super smart. I haven't interacted oh, yeah. with, with very many monitors, but I, I mean, the, the difference between them and monitors is you don't uh, monitors, you get a lot of reaction from them, right? Liz, they're mm-hmm. like they're checking you out. I feel like you can see you can see the gears turning with with monitors a little better. Like yeah. with crocodilians, like they're totally there and aware of what's going on, 
mm-hmm. but they just you don't see the like you said that reactionary of like movement yeah. you know they're watching it with crocs it seems like it's much more of like a i can see what's going on in my peripherals and like what's happening i'm just not gonna move mm-hmm. i mean if you think about it if you yeah. think about it though as far as predator wise though monitors they they go after yeah. they chase yeah. Pretty much all crocodilians are a lion weight, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, pounds yeah. type of deal. So, you know, it's like they're making those same, those gears are turning just in a different way. You know, monitors yeah. are a very visual animal and they will go after stuff, but crocs, they wait for it, you know. Yeah. You know obviously, I know they'll swim towards stuff like we all, we've all seen that, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. But, yeah. yeah and, and honestly, like, I feel like they're, they're very trainable. Like, um, mm-hmm. Kevin's been, I've been working with him a lot. So we've got him on target training. He'll hold for me now, um, open his mouth and stuff like that. So that's, that's been pretty cool. It always like regresses after I catch him. Cause then he doesn't trust me for about a no, month. Yeah. Then, <laughs> but it's also interesting. Cause he'll, he like, rec- he very clearly knows who I am versus mm-hmm. other people. Like he will not come up. He won't eat in front of other people. He'll only eat in front of me. Um, Wow. You know, because that was, you know, I was like, oh, I'll feed, I'll feed my caiman in front of you. And, you know, when I have friends over. Like, no, you won't. You <laughs> thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But that's that's probably been my favorite thing working with him recently is just getting into the training side of things and um, talking to a couple of people who've, who've been successful mm-hmm. in training them. Um, How long did it take for him to really catch on to that? Because it sounds I think Cody and P have done it with the Morlets and it sounds mm-hmm. like they picked up on it pretty quick. I mean, was yours was your experience similar? Yeah, he, it was probably about a month. I would say uh, from what I've heard also is, you know, Triggs are a lot more cautious. So they take a little bit longer, not because mm-hmm. they don't recognize what's going on. They just like, don't want to do it for you. Or, you know, they're, they're much more willing to forego food to, to avoid you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it was pretty, I mean, about a month. So for the first thing for target training and then after target training, I just went from each thing and you know if he if he didn't say sit still i wasn't going to give him food so mm-hmm. you just got to be prepared to not not give food you know a lot of people just you'd be like oh whatever i'll just feed you anyway and you got to make sure that you you know you don't you don't feed him unless he does what you ask him to do so what's his uh what what's his diet mostly consist of you know rodents or you know a mix of things a lot of yeah a lot of things so i feed a lot of fish a lot of rodents um he was eating chicks for a while, but for some reason he really got off of chicks. He does not, he'll, he'll take it, hold it. And then he's like, wow. I don't like this. He'll spit it out. That's surprising. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super interesting too. Cause it, you know, he eats quail. He loves quail, um, hmm. but he doesn't like chicks. So I don't know if he knows that they're like lower quality or something, but he, uh, <laughs> he's a bougie get the, kid. Get this great value trash out of my yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried uh, like actual like uh, drumsticks or anything yet, just because he's a little bit too small uh, for some of those things. But yeah. I think definitely in the future that's going to be. Um, Do you do anything like shrimp or anything like that? Yep, yep, yep. a lot of shrimp. Um, I try to get like head-on shrimp, so it's got like everything yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of tilapia, frozen silver sides. Um, those are expensive though, because you can only really get them at like pet stores or something. But yeah, and tilapia is easy, man. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That's I just easy, have to yeah. dust that a lot more because there's, you know, it's just meat. Right. So, there's not a lot to it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think is... the fish oil is good for them, mm-hmm. um, just health wise. I know it's really good for the alligator snapping turtle. Um, he, you know, his skin, it, you know, if I switch from feeding him more to pellets to fish, you can note like, 
notice this like big difference in his skin. Um, he'll like shed it all off and it'll look like a lot better. So I guess the fish oils or something do something for them, but. That's another yeah. one. Bill Bradley keeps tempting me with the, he has a, he has one that's, I think he said about the size of the palm of his hand. He's like, man, he's like, it's yours if you want it. And I'm like, I want it, but I just like, a, it's yeah. going to be something that like my child or my grandchildren will inherit. <laughs> yeah. like, and then B it's like, okay, when it gets big, big, it needs something that's big, big. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's like, so it's like, it's honestly so tough. But at the same time, it's like, I probably have like 60 years before we get to that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, I got time. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. They're so it's cool. Not, like it's so tempting. Besides yeah. of the growth rate, though, I mean, if you look at something like an alligator snapper, it's not far off of keeping, you know, a small, you know, caiman, you know, maybe not something six foot, but something more like a culvers, you know, like it's, yeah, it's not far off, you know, for a big snapper. I mean, they need that space because they and get monstrous. I don't think, man. though, they I think like huge. the monstrously huge ones, though, like those are almost in kind of the exception because i'm talking yeah. to bill he kind of made it sound like he's like yeah they get big but like the huge ones you see at zoos and stuff yeah. that are like a million years old he's like yeah I don't, yeah it's almost like seeing that monster coastal you know yeah it's like it's like yeah okay people expect me to get this big but most of the time they don't so i don't know like i yeah. i haven't had turtles in a really long time either i kind of yeah. swore turtles off a long time ago but <laughs> asts are a little different because they're not yeah. like the 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 painted and the uh you know the other stuff i had that's like change the water every three days because it just gets so gross so quick you know yeah. yeah i don't know i've always loved you know snapping turtles man especially alligators you know my my dream one day is honestly to have like you know when i have a big reptile room have two spaces dedicated to a caiman and an alligator snapper you know because oh, yeah. those are the those are the two more aquatic things that i'm really fascinated with i think they're amazing but i am nowhere near the point of having either one so you know that's a very long-term thing but they are so amazing to me they're they're incredible what's yeah. your uh what's your feeding like for the for the alligator snapper you kind of give him similar offerings like yeah, you so yeah he he gives less rodents i maybe feed him a rodent like once every two weeks um, just cause they can get like really fat yeah, really quickly. Yeah. Um, cause they don't move a ton. Uh, but you know, a lot of pellets and a lot of fish, um, he loves like, uh, like zoom ed turtle pellets. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I honestly feed those a lot just because I've heard that in nature, they're actually eating like a lot of acorns and nuts and plant material and stuff as huh. well. Um, as just meat. So yeah. try to round out his diet a little bit more. I also get, um, frozen clams from like fish stores. Oh, uh, like clams in the half shell, and he he loves yeah. those. And that's do you really ever fun. do live like live fish? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you I ever see? Does he do the? Does he do the lure though? When you do he it, does. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so yeah. cool to see, man. And he'll do it like even if there's not fish in there, he'll just sit oh, there really? against the wall with his mouth open, which is really cool. It's um, kind of like keeping chondros, like you know when they're ready for food because they just sit there <laughs> and they start luring every day yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah I, I try to stay away from fish just because. Um, you know, all I can really get are rosies and, uh, and yeah. goldfish, and they've got like the thymines in them. So I'm not mm -hmm. trying to have any issues with that. I think I do it like probably once every two months or so. I'll feed them live fish. Mm -hmm. um, but I just try to, you know, supplement the uh, the tilapia as much as I can. A lot of it comes off when I put it in the water, but, you know, a little bit stays on there. So we've got mud minnows here that you can get at the bait store. Oh, nice. That 
can survive in fresh water for a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. And those are like, those things are compared to like goldfish and stuff. Those things are chunky, man. Those yeah. are, those are fat little. Dude, little we, we fish with mud meadows around yeah. here a lot. And I've got, dude, you want to talk about some chunky mud meadows? I mean, I oh. think they're almost, they're not like mullet, right? They're not like baby mullet. No, no, no. they're, they're completely, they're like mud mullies, meadows. Molly, uh, they would be more like a Molly, you know, they almost adjust and I see where you're coming from with the mullet thing. They almost have a mullet type body. Yeah. Basically like a, a mullet and a Molly had a baby, but it was bigger. It's bigger than a Molly. You know, I've gotten mud meadows like, you know, that mm-hmm. freaking big before, you know, but I also get them, you know, tiny. Yeah. So it just kind of depends. They're really good fishing bait. You know, we catch them. You can catch them in the ditches out here that lead to the marshes. You know, they're, they're neat little fish, but yeah, they can, they can survive a lot. And like 20 casts. They can take a beating. (laughs) They're, they're wild. Yeah. They can take a beating. That would be interesting to try and feed some of those to, you You should see if get some and and get some frozen ones and cut them up and see if the Nerodia take them. I've mm-hmm. never, I've never seen mud meadows frozen. Those aren't really ones that you buy. That's why frozen. you buy some and you freeze them. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you could do that, but see, I don't know if they would eat like a salty fish, you know, because I had, I did when I was early keeping them. I, you know, I was being dumb and I tried to offer them some fish that were naturally salt water, and they wanted nothing yeah. to do with it. But the tilapia, yeah. boy, they crush tilapia. They love it. See, that so, makes me wonder if the salt marsh snakes will take something like that. I bet you they that would. would be I bet you salt marsh snakes would destroy mud minnows. Yeah. yeah. That's not my even, even fiddler like crabs. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's yeah. actually a good point. Interesting. That's I'm not worried about digesting those, though. Oh, with the exoskeleton and stuff? Yeah. yeah. The hard, hard exterior, that might be. I don't know. It takes it takes a specific animal to eat, you know, whole crabs. I think if know, something so. can digest bone, it can digest chitin. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, just a Should lot. Though. Worry about the the pincher on that thing. You can get uh, the females. The females have like really tiny ones that are almost uh, pointless, yeah. uh, useless. Yeah. I that's wouldn't. Some... I wouldn't try it, but I would be interested to see it. You know, like to see if like they were either hanging around a bunch of crabs or something like that you know Jake's i don't think i would go on a limb yeah <laughs> i wouldn't go on a, i wouldn't go out on a limb and give it a shot but i would it is an interesting thought you know and even things like you know with the salt marsh stuff even things like you know some of the slugs that you get around you know some of the you know mm-hmm. salt salty mm-hmm. leafy areas you know things like that you know but, yeah who knows yeah that's something i thought about though is like uh the salty fish feeding that to, to reptiles, if that has any impact of them, like, you know, eating something with so much salt, salt content in it, or if it even does have a lot of salt content in it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if what's in possibility I mean, for dehydration or something as a result. Yeah. 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 So I, I definitely feed saltwater fit, you know, like uh, fillets of stuff that I get at the, the supermarket to Kevin, but I try not to do that on like a, a regular basis just because i don't know what the impact of that would be long term but. Mm-hmm. but i mean realistically you know and this is speaking from you know a you know somebody in the low country of south carolina 
where I find my area that I find a lot of water snakes is technically brackish. Mm -hmm. Like you can catch redfish in the same waters that I've caught Nerodia near. So, you know, there is the opportunity. We don't have, obviously in the freshwater ponds, you get them all over the place, but you know, the roads that I cruise all run brackish water and I have found more Nerodia than you can shake a stick at, you know, in those waters. So, yeah. and the yeah, alligators yeah. Are, are feeding on uh, stuff out there in, in the estuaries oh, yeah. and stuff so mm -hmm. oh, they, they're the same as far as their able ability to process salt as the caimans so yeah yeah it could definitely um be interesting and i i know for a fact that specs um like in in central and south america are living in the same habitat you know brackish mm -hmm. into freshwater um mm -hmm. so yeah so no. what's as far as Kevin, I mean, what's been the like the biggest hurdle, and then what's been sort of the most rewarding part about about keeping them? Yeah, so I think the biggest hurdle is just figuring out the right space to build the enclosure. Um, uh -huh. You know, it, the enclosure I'm working on now is like eight foot by eight foot. Um, nice. So That's awesome. I've seen the video updates on that. That's been cool to watch. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. That's been. Uh, I feel like you start on something like that. Like I was saying earlier with the you know the enclosures, you always expect less time than it's actually going to take. But that this mm -hmm. one, I really thought I, you know, had an accurate estimate on how long it was going to take me and how much I was going to need for it. And it, it's just far beyond. It's such a huge project, but definitely enjoying doing it. And that's the kind of thing I like doing, you know, building stuff. So yeah. that's been super fun. Um, and, you know, as long as you take it section by section, it's it's not that bad. And that's what I tried to do with this previous enclosure is just build it in multiple sections. So, you know, if I move, I can take it apart, go to the next place and and, uh, that's smart. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely the biggest hurdle is just, you know, finding the space because it's a, it's a lot of space that I, you know, in some cases I'm like, damn, I could have so many snakes in this area. <laughs> <laughs> I could have bought so many snakes by now for the amount of yeah. money on the enclosure, but you know, it's, it's definitely worth it. Like I was saying earlier, I would, I would trade all my snakes for crocodilians if I could have them, but I just don't have the space right now. So, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, that, but that thing when it's done is going to be it's going to be sweet i'm hoping to have like full live plants in there do a watering system out of out of his pond and um all that so i don't have to get in there and water it all the time because that would stress him out so it's going to be uh super cool but and then most rewarding i'd say is is just being able to you know interact with them and train them and see them learning each time like every feeding session i do with them i'm doing some sort of training um mm -hmm. and just seeing them get better with it every time and you know it, there are definitely times where, you know, he regresses and he's like, no, I'm not doing that today. Um, just like a dog would or something like that. So um, you just got to kind of expect that and not get discouraged and just keep keep going with that. But that's been probably my favorite part is just seeing him improve and get more used to me and stuff like that. So but and then also just like getting comfortable with handling crocodilians like that, because, you know, I, I don't particularly have any training. I've watched a ton of videos on mm -hmm. you know, how do it but um definitely you know would like to go to uh saint augustine does a, a yearly crocodilian training course every year for oh really uh aza professionals yeah but they also have a non-aza uh fee it's definitely like way more expensive but um mm -hmm. definitely something i'm gonna try to try to do in the future just because i don't want to stop with kevin i, I want to get you know more crocodilians when i have like a actual facility yeah. um, to to actually house them but um definitely that's going to be something I do in the future for sure. That would be awesome, awesome, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, our buddy Riley Jemison, when he was working mm-hmm. in the zoo field, um, he actually went and did that course. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's right. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, that was really interesting. He was because he actually did that while we were doing Carpet Fest. So he was in Florida at the same time that we oh, were. Wow. But he was there for school. And man, you know, he, he would be a good he person to talk it. to about it. Yeah. He was, yeah. he loved it. So if you're interested in that, he'd be a good person to talk to. Yeah. I'll definitely have to reach out to him about that. That I mean, th- those people there are like the, you know, that's the cream of the crop. That's no, that's absolutely. Premier, um, probably probably the best in the world there so mm-hmm. um need to get down there again it's been a handful of years since i've i've been the alligator farm yeah i went in there's usually a group that tries to go before daytona yeah i think Jeff i was gonna and try to go right after here. this year but i uh just timing wise that drive is longer than i expected it to be so. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah how far is it from you guys like four hours three yeah. hours Okay. No, it's three and a half on a long okay, drive. Three and a half. It, you can probably make it in three, to be honest. He's a better he's a better judge than I am because he drives pretty much every year. So yeah, I've I've gone. I drove last year though, right? Because that yeah, piece drove, of my car is on the side year. of the highway somewhere down there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you drove last year, but I've gone for that. The only I've only missed one Daytona in the last. I think this will be five years. Oh wow! Ish, you know, I've only missed the one, and that was due to a bunch of crap that wasn't up to me. I don't think Jake um, liked me driving because my car makes this <laughs> really horrible noise when I drive. That sounds look, like man. the wheels about to just pop off at any point. Okay, in time. first off, there's something wrong with your car. It hasn't okay? popped off yet. All right. Yeah. Second <laughs> off, everybody's driving stresses me out because I was in a, I was in a really bad wreck. Like I was driving, but I was in a really bad wreck once, and it, it just kind of like no, no one else can out. drive but him. Yeah, it's it's not that I let other people drive, but you can ask my girlfriend you can ask my best friend i have like i'm on edge if i'm it doesn't bother me none because i just sit in the passenger seat and play on my phone and smoke cigars the entire way i can't tell you how many times driving miss daisy i can't tell you how many times this man has passed out on me on a long drive (laughs) it was what was it like three four in the morning we were coming back from north carolina this dude is sound asleep while he's playing joe rogan podcast (laughs) through my jeep and i'm just like dying trying to keep my eyes open going down the road to drop him off at home you could have woke me <laughs> yeah. up but he didn't yeah. for no what wonder. you just fall back asleep no i wouldn't <laughs> i didn't know i fell asleep <laughs> i just woke up yeah. and we were in my we were home we were back in town i was like oh yeah okay Sorry, that's that was feeling. a rough trip, man. That was a rough. That was trip. a that was a that was a rough trip. Ooh. We had to we had to leave Charlotte at like ten o'clock at night because we were on the verge of it getting was... stuck there because they had like snow coming or something. Oh, this man. was like what January or something like that. Maybe yeah, December? it was either leave either maybe at February like ten o'clock. Yeah, it was leave at ten o'clock or get iced over the next. Possibly morning get stranded I... there for yeah. the next two days. And I wasn't was... about to drive through the ice. You know, I didn't. I don't have a lot of experience doing that. So yeah. off we, we went. We get definitely more snow than you guys, but we we have the same level of preparation that you do. So. <laughs> When it snows up here, oh god, dude, that's terrible! It's awful, man, and no one knows how to drive. It's bad. It's so bad. I don't know, dude. Our prep, the preparation around here, like our town, shuts down if it snows. Like 
people don't go to school, work gets closed. And then yep. because I work for public works, I have to go take care of the ice and I have to go drive to work at six in the morning to go try and dump salt all over crap. <laughs> so people don't bust their behinds, but yeah, it's oh, dude, it's, it's hell whenever it so, says. I think you and I have talked previously about, sort of the the laws in South Carolina that have gone into effect and stuff. So as a as a fellow South Carolinian, what are your thoughts on the on the native herb laws that have they've put in place? Yeah, you, you know, I I understand why they did it. Um and I was actually talking to uh one of the guys from the TSA about it and uh Jordan Gray if you guys know who he is, but um he uh he was basically like, you know, I love keeping turtles just as much as you do. Um, Cause that, you know, obviously there's the 21 inch rule, but I feel like it didn't impact snakes as much as it did turtle keepers, you know? Um, and it, you know, it just makes sense. So there's so much exportation of these turtles from South Carolina and there, there was mm -hmm. um, previous to this, this rule. Um, and we have, we have incredible turtles in the state. So I definitely want to protect them. You know, if I can't work with, certain species just because you know the state needs to protect them i guess that's a something i'm willing to give up you know but uh yeah, yeah it, i don't know it's it's interesting because it it came out and then you know i've read the laws multiple times because i have two i have a box turtle and a uh and a yellow body slider so that you know there's restrictions there you can only have two box turtles and I don't know. The laws aren't super clearly written. Like I feel like you well, need they, to be they, that's that's not an accident. Yeah, yeah. They gotta have that wiggle room so that if they're like, we think you might be guilty. Mm, what do the rules say? Uh, that sounds guilty to me. You know, Let's sure. decide if he's guilty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I, I wasn't too upset about that one. I, I think it was you know it was needed for, at least yeah. for the turtles. I don't know why they put all the snakes on there. You know, I don't think that there's necessarily the reason. Yeah, who knows? But. Because the issue just, is, is like, yeah, we did it to protect turtles, but we were already talking about an illegal, act, like, mm -hmm. shady activity to begin with. It's like, are right. these laws really going to make a difference or is it just right. going to make these guys go deeper underground? Right. It's it's the same thing that happened in North Carolina after this Cobra incident, right? Is they were like, yeah. all up in arms, we need new laws. And Knee-jerk like, reaction. Yeah. And the kid was already breaking the laws that were, you know, in place currently so it's like why why add more laws to it it's just more to enforce yeah. let's just enforce the ones that we have currently so i don't and know that, I, that dude was the perfect example of ruining it for everybody else like yeah. and that's why we preach what we do so hard you know yeah. it's like one person can make all the difference you know mm -hmm. yeah i definitely i think it would be nice to have some sort of regulation or at least permit system at least for crocodilians and venomous snakes in south carolina i would just hope that you know we were the ones to put it in place rather yeah. than makers who don't really know what's what or what the deal is yeah. um I, I it worries me you know keeping crocodilians that they could just ban it tomorrow you know mm -hmm. um, yeah because there's nothing in place um and i also think that they're you know like we were talking earlier not everyone should have came in or you know something like that and it's it feels hypocritical for me to say because I own one, but you know, I if there was a permit system in place similar to you know what they have in Florida currently for for crocodilians and venomous snakes, I think it would be you know helpful and at least have more oversight in it. Um, yeah. it just worries me every time I go to Columbia Repticon and I'm like, 
you know, there's all those venomous snakes and they've got bird netting over it. And it's like, what if a kid like hits a, a cage or something? And uh, it's just an accident waiting to happen in my, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, I think it's, I've always felt like that, at least with venomous snakes mm -hmm. in South Carolina, you know, I think it's bad that, you know, in Florida, you know, you have to have a thousand hours per whatnot. Yeah. Uh, per, per family. Paddock, per family. Yeah. Yep. And then here, you have to have an ID that says you're 18. And a lot mm -hmm. of times you don't even need that. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's sad, you know, there, when I went to a Columbia show and I was barely over 18 and like you had to sign in to go into the venomous yep. section and the dude looks at us and he goes, ah, yeah, you guys are good. Yeah. Over 18, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah okay you know and i know i still look like i'm freaking 16 so it's like i don't <laughs> i don't know dude like it's it pains me sometimes it's like how much how it's, little people care and ah. it's that it's that constant worry of like sort of like what what's happening in florida you know where mm -hmm. it's like the whole legislative process of like listening to people and hearing them out and not having your mind made up going into something like that like what happened in Florida is like, I mean, fortunately it didn't go through, but like mm -hmm. that whole scenario of like, yeah, FDPC is just going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of how we feel, regardless of how many people show up, you know, like mm -hmm. that's my biggest fear with the South Carolina stuff. It seems like so far that hasn't been an issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there have been legislators that have been open to hearing like yeah. the real perspective of what it's all about and what it's like, instead mm -hmm. of just the sort of the, the fear mongering like yeah. someone's in your ear saying this is horrible this is horrible okay let's get rid of it yeah um so it, it is that it's that fine line of like right. yeah like we're open to having something in place but it's like you're gonna hold up your end of the deal right like you're yeah. gonna you're not gonna screw us right and they're like oh yeah yeah and then it's like come time for the, <laughs> yeah. the pen to go to the paper it's like huh just psych, just you know, just kidding. Yeah. It's like, well, what the hell happened, man? Like, we just what happened to the whole like months of conversation that just went on? You know, it's like it, yeah. that's that's my biggest fear, and I know that's the biggest fear for a lot of other people is like thinking we're making headway mm -hmm. and thinking we're having some sort of, uh, you know, dare I say, common sense uh, mm -hmm. legislation, and then it just getting pulled out from under us like that. Yeah. But yeah. And I know the native, like the native reptile thing. I mean, I'm with you as far as like the snakes and everything outside of turtles. Um, like alligators already had regulations yep. in place in terms of like you, you could buy captive bread, I think, without any sort of permit. But as far as like catching or messing with wild alligators, is 100 percent illegal. Um, yeah. yeah, you ca you can't own them unless you have a, a permit. In okay. South yeah, yeah it, I think it's mostly for um, farming, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I think, you know, everything else, like I said, outside of turtles, which, as I said before, it's like, is that really going to stop anything or is that really just going to make things go darker on that yeah. that shady side of the you know the aisle or whatever you want to call it? Um, native snakes, I mean, we've talked about that in the past, too. Like, it didn't really bother me that much because, like I said, we're not going out and catching every adult snake right. we can to sell. You know, you find a baby, cool. But, like, adult animals that are have survived Darwinism and are passing on those genes. Like yeah. I like to leave those there. And so it's, it's kind of silly. Like I said, I'm curious myself as far as why that was sort of, why everything was just sort of thrown in because it didn't mm -hmm. seem to have much of a reason. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't see a ton of wild caught stuff sold at like the Columbia show. I mean, I haven't mm -hmm. been in a while, but even then you'd see like one or two tables with some clearly wild caught stuff with just some, some, 
hicks that went and caught whatever they could find in their backyard threw it in deli cups and they're like you know 25 bucks for a copperhead you know whatever yeah. so <laughs> i don't i don't see that really as a thing anymore and with corn snakes especially and i know morph's got got uh, the exception but it's like aside from nerds like me that like the locality stuff I don't see the demand for wild caught adult corns that are all parasite ridden and gross. Like what, what clearly no one told them that there's just not a market for those. Like what, yeah. what are we doing? But yeah. that's the, but that's the thing. I think at a place like Columbia, there is, and that's just me being honest because at Columbia, you get a lot, a lot of different folks and mm -hmm. a lot of those folks see a $25 snake in a deli and they say, Ooh, I have 25 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not knowing that that was a corn snake literally plucked out of the parking lot, you know, 20 minutes ago, you know, that's yeah. at least that's how I look at it. You know, and I see a lot of Nerodia like that, you know, like somebody, it was funny. Somebody saw, I got some captive bred bandits from Montrose last Daytona and somebody saw me looking at and they're like, Oh, we see the, those in our yard all the time. And I'm like, no, those were at the other table that were $25 a piece. Yeah. Cause I was like, Jake, go you get know? some man. I was like, they're like 25, 20 bucks a piece or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I was like, grab a couple. And he's like, no, like, man. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. He got all uppity on me. <laughs> they're just a bunch of, they literally saw a group of babies and plucked them all out of the ditch and threw them in a deli. No, like, no. they plucked them out of mom and threw them in a deli. There's a difference. They plucked go, mom okay. out of the ditch and then plucked all the babies out of mom and put them in a deli. Okay. <laughs> they're captive hatched. <laughs> captive hatched. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't see that, nah, I can't. you know, it having a huge impact on the, on the, you know, the environment mm -hmm. for them to, for it to be an issue. I don't know, but we have so many other issues that are, you know, development, I think is number one. I, you know, there's so many houses being built yeah. down here. Everyone yeah. keeps moving down. It is crazy. Yeah. I don't know about up there, but down here, man, it's like, yeah. Subdivisions and construction are the happening thing right now. Yeah. And it's, it's depressing. Like Jake, you've seen it over by on your side of town, like across from Walmart, just the gigantic plot. They just cleared for like, what i think like an aldi's and some other stupid it's, crap we it's don't a need shop, it's, like, it's a shopping damn. center like did you have to realize so i much I, ins I inspect construction sites for a living for oh, so you see it more than anybody else controls. yeah i have right now myself this is just me as one inspector we have three i manage 294 sites current currently active construction sites six yeah. of those being six of those being big commercial sites one's a new school a couple tennis courts and all that crap yeah. but there's 280 something of those are single family developments that are taking out trees and building houses and all of these and like i it's insane, man. And you know, my our other inspector has over two hundred, and then another inspector has you know about one hundred and fifty to two hundred. Yeah. You know, like that's that's insane, and that's yeah. just within our county. That's not that's not including city city limits. That's not including the different municipalities, which Beaver County makes up several municipalities: the county municipality, Port Royal, the city, and then Bluffton or mm -hmm. the yeah the town of Bluffton. And mm -hmm. I don't do anything in those areas but i know they all have their own stuff well it's also getting well. so packed now that they're going to start moving towards 
like Jasper and sort of mm-hmm. the in-between area between North Buford and South Buford. Yeah. Like there's a lot of land that isn't developed there, but I feel like in the, within the next probably five to 10 years, it's a lot of that's probably going to be gone is that everything just has to move out because they're just they're literally running out of space. Like it's just going to yeah. have to start spreading out. Justin, I know you probably haven't seen it because there you don't go out that way, but you know where Well Branch Middle School is? yeah that subdivision they're building out there yeah they're building an entire subdivision right across the street from that now you know and that's just kind of out in the boonies you know that really yeah that is out in the middle of nowhere and now they're building an entire subdivision in there they took out so much Mm -hmm. so many trees Um, we were talking about that the other day when we were road cruising it's like how when they do that kind of stuff where they clear things out for subdivisions and start building it's like how long do those animals that are living in that area, like herps in particular, like how long do they stick around before they start yeah. just moving out or just flat out dying or, you know, yeah. getting killed? Like, yeah. where do they all go? Cause I mean, we see these subdivisions. I don't see a bunch of roadkill animals, DOR stuff. So it's like, where, what happens? Like, where are they all going? You know? And I think a lot of them, to be honest, I think a lot of them are getting killed in the, in the construction process. You think so? To be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think the amount, the, the equipment that goes into taking out trees is massive. And mm-hmm. I know there's no way that they see some of the stuff that they are destroying in the process of, of taking out all these trees, you know? And yeah, and it's sad because like on these construction sites, like, yes, we have a lot of tree protection. Beaver County does all they can to protect as many trees as possible, but it's very minute in comparison. Yeah, if it's know? like not a live Oak, they're not, it's going yeah you know it's if it's a there. pine if it's a pine tree less than 21 inches it's not a specimen tree anything over 21 inches consider a specimen tree and you save as many of those as possible but anything under 21 it's out it's a trash it's a trash tree you know and so they take all those out but the amount like a, a track hoe capable of pulling entire trees out it, it's massive and the guys operating those things are trying to get in and out they're destroying anything in their path you know, it it doesn't matter. It's just like so. an avatar with the giant bulldozers <laughs> going for the mother tree or whatever it was called. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure those guys who are actually like in there, if they see a snake, they're probably, you know, gonna kill it or something. All those guys are terrified faster. of snakes, man. Yeah. Every yeah. single one of them. I've never met one guy on a job site that would not kill a snake if they see him. That's why anytime, because silt fence, silt fence will basically keep snakes running, you know, along the line. I can tell you how many snakes I've seen going over silt fence, running along it. Mm-hmm. So I pick them up and move them as far away as I can yeah, without hey, anybody seeing me, you yeah. know. And it's, yeah, I pulled a copperhead off a of site one time. You know, I threw it into a bucket real quick because I had some grabbers and I threw it into a bucket. I was walking off. Somebody was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's just snake. What kind of snake? Ah, it's a corn snake. And I like threw it into the woods really quick. <laughs> Don't worry about it's it. Fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's a garter snake. Yeah, it's harmless. Show yeah. up and go back to tearing down trees. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's actually, that's what I'm trying to do with this, this uh, little South Carolina reptile display room that I've got in my basement. It's just trying to, you know, I've got like one of my neighbors is a landscaper. And so he'll come down there and like, look at all the snakes and be like, oh, I've seen that one. And now he calls me every time he sees a snake and he's like, what is this? You know, we had a copperhead in the neighborhood that he found and he was like, come get this. So I'll go like remove the snake mm-hmm. and let it go out in the woods awesome. for him. So that's been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I talk about that South Carolina ID group a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. thinking about it today as I was flipping through because someone posted like a copperhead and there's been a couple cane breaks on there and stuff. I'm like, 
how many of these people are asking what they are and then when they're told it's a copperhead are just going and flatten out like <laughs> killing it yeah or I'm telling sure. their neighbor who they're posting on their behalf for like oh it's a copperhead and like yeah i would let's think be honest it's, a it's lot of times it's already dead saving yeah there's probably nine times know. out of ten that snake's already dead when it's been posted like yeah. but have, have you do you do much herping up there yeah i try to um me and my buddy Zach have been going a lot recently, um, getting those Nerodia and stuff. And I try to you yeah. know, do as much as I can. My my roommate's got a farm down um, down in Hampton, South Carolina. So we go down there a lot and go. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of timbers, copperheads. Yeah, there's a lot of land out there. There's a good. Yeah. I've never been herping out there, but there's that's a really rural area that that is prime prime real estate yep. for it. Yeah, it's mostly just hunting grounds. So you know, an off hunting season, mm-hmm. there's like no one there. So we just get to roam around, look for snakes. A lot of plain belly water snakes, which those are like my favorite. Um, so definitely mm-hmm. want to find a, a little baby out there and, and uh, bring that back. That would be really cool. Um, but caught a lot of big ones out there for sure. Um, and they're they're crazy because I, I feel like they're not supposed to like a lot of the other ones that I found. There, I mean, you'll find them like way away from water. Um, and even mm-hmm. in the water that you'll find them in, it's not like a creek or a river. It's like barely flowing water. You know, it's yeah. Um, little sandy creeks and stuff so they're super interesting um i I just love them i think they're they're super cool the way they have like that slate gray and then the the yellow belly and stuff so those are probably my favorite to find i've never um, seen one around i've seen plenty of bandits but i've never seen i don't think i've seen any other species besides that except for maybe like the one red belly that we cruised that one time mm -hmm. out in your cruising area there jake and even then i don't think we saw it or you saw it it was small I, i don't remember but i've never seen one other than that yeah, bandits. Uh, red, red, yeah, they're super red bellies. I've seen, I've definitely seen more bandits than red bellies, but man, we can get some really, really nice red bellies around here. Yeah. I'm not talking the yeah. belly is just red, I'm talking the entire snake is red. You know, they they can mm-hmm. we get some really, really nice ones around here. Yeah, they're, they're probably my favorite to find. We found one a couple weeks ago under a board, um couple of black racers and then one of those a big big female was laying underneath of that so i love catching those yeah man. they seem they seem calmer too than uh than some of the bandits and or the midlands that we find up here because those things yeah. are you know little balls of piss and fire but i love yeah. them anyway but yeah we try to go up here a lot um it's tough up here because a lot of the places you go herping are like greenways like in the city and stuff like mm-hmm. those midlands is like it's in Charlotte, like in downtown Charlotte. Um, and so, you know, you know, you're like the weird person walking through the Creek looking for snakes and yeah. <laughs> people are like, what's going on here. So, um, but definitely like further down from Rock Hill, like towards Chester and stuff like that, there's a lot of open land and undeveloped areas down there. So I definitely want to get out there and road cruise more. Uh, Kings mountain is a good area for that for sure. Um, but uh, you, when I lived in Charleston, we went a lot out to uh, Francis Marion. National yeah, Forest. that place is yeah. sick, man. I went that to college. Place. I went to college right outside of Francis Marion National Forest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, my my buddy Gabe goes out there a lot. Yeah, uh, it it's like I mean that's that's pristine South Carolina habitat. Like I've only driven Gabe. through it. I've never actually stopped and done any any walking around or anything like that. It is a really nice area. Yeah, it's huge too. It's like yeah, yeah. 
It's massive. You can get lost in there for sure. I there were a couple of times when I was out there cruising by myself, and I was like, I I don't necessarily feel super comfortable out here. You know, there's <laughs> I don't know who's out here. So, um, but that's that was cool. We we one time when we were out there, we cruised up on um a big old alligator sitting in the road. So we you know, got out to look at it and weren't going to go close. And then it ran into the water and then we started shining in the water there. And there was like 40, 40 little babies. And I was like, this is insane. It's so cool. You can see all their little eyes and stuff. I don't know. I've seen a lot of alligators now uh, living in South Carolina for as long as I have now. And every single time I see one, it's, it's so cool. You know, uh, there's just, I don't know. Seeing something like that out in the wild is, is the coolest thing. But Well, man, yeah, we, take them, we take them for granted, man. Like yeah. I Obviously, as a kid, I thought they were awesome. But as I get mm -hmm. older, I try to like I have a better appreciation for them now. I think because I see them and I'm like, man, that is just such a that's a design that hasn't changed in so yeah. long because it works so well, mm -hmm. you know. And just mm -hmm. the whole story behind them about how they were almost extinct at one point and they've made such a ridiculous comeback and just mm -hmm. it's just cool. To, like it's they're freaking dinosaurs and we yeah. have them right here. Like you go to any golf course down here, you're yeah. gonna see them. Like they're just yeah. I I think that it's just cool as hell. Yeah, they pulled a uh, a fourteen footer out of a pond at a mini golf course right outside my dad's house in Hilton Head. I believe I was it, like, bro. That thing. Is, I mean, one of the biggest great. ones I've ever seen was in Sea Pines. Yep. Yeah. Sea Pines has a lot. Yeah. Sea Pines is actually like a pretty pretty good spot for herping. I mean, that's like one of like two in Hilton Head that you can actually go and find stuff. But yeah, <laughs> found a lot of, a lot of co uh, cotton mouse out there, alligators, you know, ton of turtles. So have you been to you being around the Hilton Head area? Have you ever been to Pygmy Colony Wildlife Refuge? Yeah, man, that was the first place like as a little kid that I saw an alligator. That I've was never been awesome. there either. Dude, yeah. awesome, awesome yeah. habitat. Justin, I'm yeah. telling you, we can find diamondbacks out there. Well, I also I yeah. also kind of avoid the the greater Bluffton Hilton Head area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Especially this time of year, man. It's yeah. crazy down there. Yeah. But man, it Jack, whenever you're around Hampton, man, definitely hit me up, especially yeah. if it's prime herpin time. I mean, that's a 40 minute drive and that's not even to my best herping areas. You know, you're 25, not maybe 30 minutes away from where I like to herp. So come down. I I'll definitely, you know, we can do some road crews and I got some WMAs. There's one, have you ever heard of Donnelly WMA? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I don't know if you've ever been there, but mm -hmm. the place, yeah. the place has turned up more variety than I have ever found anywhere from mud snakes to cotton mouths. Oh, Garter snakes, corns, rats, like wow. it's a Rodia. It's an incredible place. It's several thousand acres of just driving trails, and it's yeah, it's very cool, very cool. That's good. I will golf cart to take it out there for sure. Come on, man. Or there's a lot of trails. I know the area like the back of my hand now, so it's yeah. very, very cool. Can you take like four wheelers out there and stuff, or no? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. At least if you're not DNR, because it is a WMA. It's DNR ran. You have people who live out there. So I think if you're tearing through it on ATVs, you know, maybe a golf cart if you trailered mm -hmm. it out there. But there's really not like a good parking area for a trailer. I've never seen anybody do that. You know, for me, I always drive. Dude, let's get horses and do herping via horseback. <laughs> That'd be insane. That'd be yeah, awesome. That'd be crazy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I pretty much drive the trails and I hop out wherever, you know, I want to. But they have every habitat you can imagine from wetlands to longleaf pine stands. And, you know, obviously yeah. everybody knows I love my longleaf pine. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite areas. To he has yet to take me out there. 
You have to. Dude, I have found so many. I found the most beautiful cane break you will ever see in your nice. life out there. I have found several cane breaks from like this blonde gold to super black. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's produced a lot. A Let's lot go of Saturday. Saturday. I don't I know. Can't Saturday. I'm busy. <laughs> I got to probably got to do snakes. I'm going fishing and I'm going tarpon fishing tomorrow after work. So we'll. Uh, I'm going to be what busy. That, so that's going to put my, my snake cleaning behind a day. <laughs> so gotta, gotta see. Yeah, man, I'm down to go to Donnelly anytime. So if you're, if you're in the, except Saturday, hit me up. Well, well yeah. I might be able to go Saturday. <laughs> I might be able to go Saturday. I'd rather herp ladies islands. I gotta, I gotta find a rat snake on ladies island, but you know, that's, we're trying to take Give it my up, friend. man. It's not going to happen. It is going to happen. I'm do. Oh, I was going to ask if actually you wanted to meet early morning on Sunday to go. Do How some, early is early? Like right at or before sunrise. Which is what time? Seven o'clock is sunrise, I well, believe. I'll probably be up already because I usually, like, even when I have my alarm off on the weekends, I still end up waking up at like 6 45, which is when my alarm usually goes off anyway. So. I go to work at 6.30 and it's still dark, so I know it's around. So I want to I try some early mornings with the summer. It's definitely cooler in the mornings than it is at night. Yeah. Try and hit some early morning walking. Find us some corals, man. Yeah, that would be cool. That's, that's a lot. That's still on, the, uh, on the bucket list. I have oh, I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm, taking, I'm making me another work shirt, but I'm making a coral snake the background. That's happening. <laughs> I'm doing that, man. Nice. That's That'd be insane so to see. Everyone. Somebody was just me the other day. They almost like stepped on one when they were a kid, and I was like, "That, of course, like you almost stepping on it is how you find it, and you don't, you know, you're not really like into snakes." Yep. And, yeah, yep. Meanwhile, we're out here looking for them, can't find them. There's some. It's like Irwin's law or something. Like there's yeah. got to be some sort of mythical force that that causes okay. that to happen. Yeah. Dude, it's funny, man. You just see snakes wherever you least expect it. Like, probably the, my favorite find to date was finding this, like, six-foot mud snake. And I just spent just hours, like, walking trails through wetlands, nothing. I get 20 feet from my truck, and it's laid out in the middle of the path. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You know? And, but I, that's just how it works, man. The only pituophis I've ever found was scurrying across a freaking parking lot. I've spent hours in the woods, never flipped or seen a pit, but I was in Texas going into a trail and there's one going across the parking lot, you know, and it's, you know, it's just <laughs> funny. It find. You find those, those gems in the most like random places that you never would, but yeah, yeah. That that's time. definitely on my South Carolina herping bucket list is, is pine. I don't even know if we have them anymore, but. It'd be sick to see a pine. Francis Marion, I feel like, would be the perfect spot for that. Yeah, that would be the first place I'd go. Yeah. So I went on, so that's been on my bucket list to find a, yeah, I want to find a pine snake here. I can cross Pituophis off my list, mm -hmm. but I never found a pine. But I was on iNatural, and there's a spot near the green pond area there's a road it's funny i was looking at this road and i was like let me look at this on my net and see if anybody's seen anything and literally on the road i was looking at somebody popped up a pine snake that they found and it's Damn. in the green pond area so i'm like yeah we might have to <laughs> roll through there you know yeah. i would never post anything 
like that. If I found one of those, dude, I would never yeah. share that vocation. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever post anything on iNAT. I just like using it because then I can get a reference, but I'm not trying yeah. to tell people where I found something. Yeah. Sure. Especially that, man. Like yeah. your corn, your really nice corns and your pines. I don't really want to give locations on those, you know? Yeah. It is nice how like worldwide iNAT is though. Cause like I, I was in Aruba maybe like a couple months ago um, and I was looking in there um, on iNAT and that, you know, they got the Aruba Island rattlesnake down there. And I, you know, that's a dream for me to find. And uh, there, there was like probably 40 or 50 listings of those. And I'm like, this is one of the most endangered snakes on, you know, yeah. on the planet. And there's just like, right there. Yep. yeah. So did not find one. I went out at like 5 a.m. to try to find them. Did not. Yeah, yeah. But. You don't need entertainment when you have turkeys geckos in your garage. <laughs> we have them up here now. There you have them. Them. Oh, yeah. Those things are freaking everywhere. There was one on our bedroom window the other night, so they're they're spreading. <laughs> yeah, they spread like wildfire, man. I mean, they're mean. awesome. If you need something to scent with on the fly, you just grab one and freeze mm -hmm. it, and boom. Yeah, when I was in Charleston, I kept a couple of them. Um, just for fun. Then I was like, I don't want to keep geckos anymore. So let, let them back go. I mean, there's already out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good, man. Well, we're approaching that, uh, that two hour mark. So if uh, people want to find you or talk to you, get a hold of you, where can, uh, where can people check you out? Yeah. It's just Jack Oliver underscore reptiles on Instagram. Um, pretty active on there. Don't really use Facebook or anything like that. Um, so yeah, if you want to hit me up there, we talk caimans, Nerodia, garter snakes, whatever, carpet pythons. So yeah, thanks oh, for having cool. me. Guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. This has been a fun episode. I always love talking to a fellow South Carolinian, you know, yeah. especially like linking up, man. So like I said, if you're whenever yeah, you come. Dude, next time you're down this way, man, hit us up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely will. I definitely will. I'm tired of solo herping around Hilton Head. Oh, lately, dude, so. Yeah. I can't <laughs> tell you how many lone road cruises I've yeah. had. It's kind uh, of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Till you find something, then it then it's yeah. good. And it's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna lie, sometimes the road I cruise kind of freaks me out when I'm <laughs> yeah, because dude. dude, when it gets dark, it's everything dark. down here is haunted. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. help that there's literally Horrible. graveyard in the section of road that I love <laughs> from like the eighteen hundreds. Like, please don't see a snake, please don't see a snake, please don't see a snake. <laughs> don't make me get out. Yeah. yeah the possession no. of Jacob Bratz. <laughs> it's it's we'll probably get possessed by some like spirit of like a 13 year old girl or something <laughs> that wouldn't be terrible that you know the old old karen who's like from the 1700s is the one that scares me i think that would be <laughs> that's <yeah>. true <laughs> i could see jake in his backyard playing with his hoop and stick and we're like what's he doing <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run up to your house whenever it happens, just flipping out like all wide eyed, like hi Smitty, you know. <laughs> Great. I will shoot you to get rid of the demon. <laughs> I'll go for like your shoulder or something, so I just hit the demon and not you. But if I'm if I'm possessed though, like you need that you need to make sure you got special. I'll, I'm gonna coat them in holy water. Okay. So I'll like paint them. <laughs> with garlic and holy water and that will exercise the demon rock salt <laughs> rock salt i've watched supernatural rock salt's the way to go right? oh we can get one of those bug assault guns that shoots the salt <laughs> we'll just shoot you with that a bunch of times until it's empty until you think you're good 
that's how you know a little bit. How you know you're the ultimate herper if you get possessed herping. (laughs) Spent so much time out there that they finally said, "All right, let's just take him." (laughs) Clearly, he wants this to happen because he keeps showing up in his car. (laughs) Tired of this guy and his headlights coming through here. (laughs) You and your stupid flashlight. Take your LED somewhere else. Keep a, like a crucifix or rose, rosary beads hanging from the <laughs> mirror or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny, man. When you find it, when you think you see a snake, you don't like, you're kind of just like in the zone. I can't tell you how many times I've slammed the brakes, thrown my truck in park, hopped out with the flashlight and go running down the road. And like, oh, I don't see it. And I turn around and my truck's 50 yards down that way. And <laughs> yeah. my black. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm by myself. Let's walk. And then you hear something run through the woods. You're like, fuck. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've Man. cursed out a few sticks in, in my time for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got me deer. out the car, almost getting attacked by demons for this. Damn it. <laughs> you want to talk about scare? I walked up on the armadillo one day while I was walking back to my truck. Like it came out while I was walking back. Dude, armadillos sound big when they're. Mm-hmm. Rustling, yeah. Through. When they're moving around, they do sound much bigger than yeah. they are. Yeah. Dude, they sound like deer. That thing scared the tar. Out of the <laughs> like, oh, it's just a leprosy ball, yeah. No big well, deal. Yeah, we we got those up here now. I saw one down on the side of the road and I kill. It's crazy. Kill them all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds hard. Where are, where are all the isopod people when we need them? <laughs> What's that? Like, they're just. They're just mammalian isopods. How come people can't catch those and yeah. sell them? They are terrible, terrible creatures. They're the most invasive thing we have in the state, man. They're how do you really feel? <laughs> next to hogs. Next yeah. to hogs. Armadillos. Next to us. Yeah, yeah. Next to us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but we're the most invasive thing in the world. So I sat around here. So, <laughs> but All right. awesome, man. That's definitely been fun. Definitely check yeah. out all the cool stuffs he's got going on. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. yeah, man. This episode yeah. was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Facebook, Instagram. Check them out. Uh, new cage sizes and all that good stuff dropping here soon. In the meantime, you need racks, you need cages. Please hit us up. Use the code THN at checkout and get some dollars shaved off your order. Uh, and then Steve Snakeshuary's Venom Hot Sauce. Be sure to check him out, Steve Snakeshuary, on Instagram and Facebook. Actually, on Facebook, it's just under Snakeshuary. Uh, and then stevesnakeshuary.com. Get all your hot sauce needs fulfilled. Yes, sir. We'll be back for Snakes and Stogies 129 on Monday. No idea what's planned, but that's just how we roll around here. Yep. So... Everyone have a good evening, good morning, good night, whenever you listen to this, watching it, whatever. We love you all. Thank you. We appreciate your support. Thank you. Right. See you guys. Thank you. See you, man.